Come on, wasn't that so good? Can we give it up one more time for them? Our team. That was awesome. Man, it's so good to have you all here tonight. And uh, we're going to get into the Word. We're going to get into Scripture if you're not familiar with it. Uh, one of the things that we do every single week here is we open up the Bible, and we believe that the Bible is God's Word. It's God's, in a sense, it's like His love letter to us. And, uh, but I want you to know tonight that if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in Scripture or you're not really sure what you think about all of it, that does not matter to us so much as it's that you're here. And uh, you don't have to believe what we believe for you to belong here. We believe that the moment you step in our doors, you have a sense of belonging and place right here. We love you right where you're at because we really believe that that's what Jesus did for each and every one of us is that before we believed in him, he gave everything that whosoever would eventually, maybe, potentially, maybe not believe in him would have everlasting life. And we're here to just proclaim that to you, that we have life because of Jesus, and we love you because he loved us. So um, would you open up your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, and... Uh, Really what we're talking about in this whole entire year, one of the focuses that we've had is this idea of forward. Everyone say forward. And the big idea with forward is that we understand here that in our whole lives, that all of, all of following Jesus and all of life and spirituality and all of it, it really comes down to our response to God's initiation. When, when scripture, how many of you have been around and you've heard someone say, I felt called? You ever heard that, that phraseology? Someone say, yeah, something called me, or God called me, or I have a call of God on my life. And it's kind of a Christianese term. But really, in scripture, if you were to study that word, what it actually means is that it's an invitation by God for us. It's an invitation. And any time that God calls you, it's not God commanding you, it's God inviting you into something better. And what you and I need to know is that God, see, because a lot of the way that the world sees religion, the world sees Christianity, and part of the reason there's a resistance to it is because for so long, the way that we saw our relationship to God was God commanding us to do something and we either obey or disobey. And while I have a three-year-old and I understand the importance of obedience, which she yet has yet to understand, but eventually will, is I understand that as I've matured, my relationship with my dad and ultimately my relationship with God is so much more than obedience. It's an invitation into living in a way that works. See, because as a dad, I have a three-year-old. She is wonderful. She's my favorite girl other than Noelle. And I, we, we love Hayden, and, but she... She, right now, she's testing the whole obedience, uh, disobedience thing. And uh, one of the things that we aren't allowed to say at home is shut up. But she doesn't understand it's shut up. It's shut out right now. And so she, the other day, it was really funny. She, she was getting really mad. So she went over into the corner. <laughs> it was really funny. She goes to the corner of the wall. And she's standing like this in the corner. And she says, shut And says it really quietly. I said, what did you say? She said, I didn't say shut out. 
And I said, Hayden, we don't say shut out. So she's, she's testing the, this whole obedience thing. But the day's going to come where she goes beyond obedience, disobedience, and she understands my heart as a father and Noel's heart as a mother toward her, that we have her best in mind. And so when we are telling her, really, it's more than a tell, it's more than a command, it's an invitation, Hayden. If you follow in the patterns that we've set for you, eventually life will work for you. And this is how God sees you and I, is God is not here to command so much as he is to invite you into a way of living that if you put it into practice, you will see your life fulfilled, you'll have more joy, you'll probably have more money because you'll have more wisdom, and you'll be following the person who gives you the ability, as scripture says, to get wealth. So really, if you want life to work, follow the way of Jesus. And God is here to invite us into that, not to tell us, but to invite us into a way. I want to read about this. It says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Now, Paul, who was previously a Christian hater, he would literally murder Christians or facilitate the murder of Christians. He hated the church. He hated what it represented, and he was afraid of it. So he would facilitate the murder of Christians, but much like many of you will have tonight, Paul had an encounter with God, and his life changed forever. God actually gave him a completely new name. His name was Saul before. God changed his name to Paul, gave him a new identity, and totally changed the trajectory of his life. Many of you, that's what's going to happen tonight as we worship and as we pray. You're going to have an opportunity to pray with someone. You're going to have an opportunity to leave here different than when you came, which is what happened with Paul. If there's one person that I believe, I was praying earlier, and I, I was really feeling it like there might even just be one, just one, one person who tonight changes the entire course of the rest of their life, and they will look back on why they are alive 50 years from now, why they have kids and even grandkids 50, 60, 70 years from now, and they'll say there was a time that someone brought me to an invite night or I showed up and I had been faking it the whole time, but I gave my life to God. He changed my trajectory and I've never been the same since. And this is what can happen for you. So what happened for Paul. So Paul goes from, a, from being a murderer of Christians to being a church planter and the reason that we have half of the New Testament today. And he's writing this letter to a church in his town called Philippi, and he says, not that I've reached it, not that I've already obtained it, been becoming perfect like Jesus, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, you and me, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So the big theme here is that if you want to grow, raise your hand if you want to grow in life. Raise your hand if you want to move forward. Raise your hand if you want to have a successful life in any way. In order for you to do this, you can put your hands down. In order for you to do this, you must be willing to say no to certain things or cut off certain things so that you can get to where you need to go. So if I'm trying to be healthy, then I'm going to ignore the maple donuts that my mom randomly, without solicitation, put onto my counter just two days ago. And I got home and I rebuked those donuts, and then I took one bite and threw them away. A large bite. 
But then I threw them away because I'm not trying to eat that. Because I know that if I want to maintain the six-pack abs that is right under here, you can't see it, but it's there. I'm not showing you, but it's there. I promise you. There's some layers of more than just shirt, uh, but it's there. It's, but if I want to maintain it, I got to say no to certain things so that ultimately I can get to where I want to go and strain towards where I want to be. It says, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead. Would you bow your heads? We're going to pray and we're going to talk for about 10, 15 minutes and we're going to move on. Uh, God, we pray uh, just that you would work tonight, that you'd speak to us, that you would move on our behalf. God, we thank you that scripture says that where two or more are gathered, and there's a couple hundred people in here, so we know that there's more than two, and we're gathered in your name, that there you are in our midst. So God, we give you permission to do what you've already come here to do, which is, is to encounter us, to leave us different than when we came. And we thank you, God, that if there's one or there's 50, that you're going to change the course and the trajectory of our lives for the better and for the future, for the betterment of this entire community and beyond. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. Um, you ever had something that you, especially when you were a kid, that you liked to take everywhere? Does it, anyone? Like my daughter has a backpack that, uh, she has a couple backpack now, and she tries to wear both of them, but she's got this Elena of Avalor backpack, <clears throat> and she's got this fake laptop, and it's really heavy, and she stuffs the backpack with the laptop and all of these different things, and she has to bring it everywhere she goes. And it's the worst. But I'm realizing the more I watch her, the more she's actually becoming just like what I was. And it was different from me. Like, I remember in sixth grade, I got this little, it was out of uh, this, this little um, Sesame Street Grover. Does anyone know who Grover is? He's a little blue guy. And um, I got this little Grover stuffed animal, and this girl gave it to me. And, um, and so I kept it. And uh, back in those days, it was before you know, kind of slim, skinny jeans were the norm for guys. And so I wore bulky jeans, baggy jeans. And if you wear baggy jeans, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. It's just that's what I wore then, uh, or cargo pants. And so every single day I would carry um, this Grover character in my pocket. I became attached to it. And it was, it was actually kind of weird. The more that I think about it, the more I realize I was really weird in middle school. And so I got this in sixth grade, and I carried it in my pocket. And it would be like, it would be as if I grabbed my keys, I grabbed my phone, I grabbed my wallet, and I grabbed Grover and my chapstick, and I put them in my pocket. And everywhere I went, I had Grover with me. It was like this comfort thing. And so I remember, fast forward to ninth grade, I'm still carrying this thing in my pocket. I'm not kidding you. And uh, this is before I met Noel, thank God. But I have this Grover in my pocket. And I'm at this birthday party in ninth grade, and there's going to be dancing at the party, and Sarah Tigfried's there, and Allison, I can't remember her last name, she's married now, has a couple kids, she was real cute, and she came up, and she's like, hey, do you want to dance later? I was like, yeah, I don't know how to dance, but I'm down, I didn't say that, I was just like, yes, I do want to dance, and so I'm, I'm excited to dance, and I was like, dude, she probably likes me, this is going to be good, and so... Mind you, I'm in ninth grade. I'm not in fourth grade. I'm in ninth grade. And I pull out my Grover, and I just start flicking him around and playing with him. This little stuffed animal. I'm in ninth grade at a party where a girl just asked me to dance, and I'm playing with a stuffed animal that I've taken everywhere for three years. 
And she comes up to me. She's like, you still have that thing? Taylor, you're 15. It's time to get rid of it. Needless to say, she didn't dance with me that day. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I went home, and I put that thing on my counter, on my dresser in my room. And I remember, though, the next day, I went to get my stuff and go and leave for school. And I remember I grabbed Grover, and I had this, this, mo- this come-to-Jesus moment with Grover. It's like, do I, do I take you with me? Or do I say goodbye to an era? Do I take you with me? And I said, I mean, you know what I said. I tried. No, I said, we're going to take you one more day. So I put him in my pocket. And it was, it, was, it was so funny because eventually I'm like middle of the day, I'm realizing like, why did I bring him with me? And so I strategically let another person play with it and I forgot about it and I've never seen Grover since. <laughs> no joke, I was at Goodwill recently and I saw one, I almost bought it, but I've moved on. I'm at peace, I'll meet him again in heaven. And, uh, but it's funny because the truth is that as, as I became honest with myself is that though it's just this funny little thing, what was happening was I had this thing that I was clinging to that was holding me back. I wasn't able to mature to the point where I could actually hold a regular conversation with a girl, which some of you dudes, you need to like, you got to put some deodorant on, take a shower, get a new t-shirt, and like smile. And many girls are, they're down with it. They're like, whoa, I didn't know you had teeth. This is really great. Yeah, I've had them for a long time. Just been hiding them. But what was happening was I was hiding behind this little thing. And what, what happens in our lives, if we're being honest, is we've got these things that we would say in theory and, and in, in, in hopes that we've got somewhere we want to go. But if we're being honest, we want to go there, but we're not willing to let go of the very thing that is preventing us from getting there. Like, I want to give everything I have to God, but I just can't seem to let go of my need for affirmation from guys. You know what I mean? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I want, I want to go all in for Jesus. Like, I want to give my life to God. I want to give him everything. I want to serve. I want to build my life on the love of God. I want to center my life on the things of God. And I'm not saying that you need to become a religious church nut. Not, no, by no means do you need to do that. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we want to go all in, give everything to God, which is what he did for us and what he gives us the opportunity to do in response, and we say we want to do this, but then the things that we cling to prevent us from being able to step forward into everything that God would call us into. So we say, I want to go there, but then we, we need the validation from, from the guy. So we've, we've got someone on our arm all the time, but then we feel empty, and we wonder why we feel empty, and it's not because God isn't doing his part, 
to fulfill us, but it's because we're staying at a distance because until we're willing to let go of this one chain which we're linked to, we cannot now link our carabiner to the next thing that's going to pull us forward. So what we've done is we've, we've, it's as if, like, you ever done a ropes course? I did a ropes course one time at a Young Life camp years ago, and I remember at the end of the camp, what you had to do is you had to, there was this moment in between where you, you detach your carabiner. <clears throat> now, you've got a rope. Like, if you were to fall, you would be caught. It would hurt, but you'd be fine. I got a frog in my throat. I don't know what it is. But you detach your carabiner, and you're in midair for a second, and you have to now move your carabiner forward into the next thing. But in order for you to attach to this one, you have to detach from this one. And that moment, once you detach it and you're free-for-all, it is scary. Now, they all tell you, in good young life fashion, they say you don't have to do it. You're a rock star anyways. When there are all these students who are like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But the best thing was when, when you detach and you can feel the wind and you're like, oh, freak, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? But once you get your carabiner switched over to the next side, it's exhilarating because you know you are no longer linked to the past. You have an opportunity now to experience the fullness of the ropes course and get out of it what it was designed to give you. And what God wants for you is for you to detach from your past and link to your future, but there's an in-between, isn't there? Because it, there's, there's pain when we say no to the guy finally, because we know that he's no good, or we know that she's no good, but then we feel the reeling effects of having to say no to this and not finding our future someone the next day. See, because there's this in-between isn't there. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. So we, 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 we want the future, what God has for us. But God is saying, what Paul is saying here, what God is saying through Paul to you and me is one thing that you got to remember is you got to detach your carabiner and you got to trust in between. You got to link to the next one, knowing that once you are linked, you cannot fail because you are linked to the source. Paul is saying, in order for you to go where you want to go, there are things you must let go of. I want to give you two thoughts for tonight. Number one is you've got to starve your past. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. You've got to starve your past. Starve your past. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what's ahead. Now, we usually think of forgetting. When you think of forgetting, you think of, Something that is almost passive and, and it's like, oh, I forgot. I for, forgot your birthday. Or I forgot to do that thing. Or I forgot my keys. But actually, in this context, forgetting is actually an active thing. It's an intentional thing. It is not an unintentional thing. It takes work. The word forgetting here actually means to willfully neglect or to starve or remove attention from. To willfully neglect. 
Isn't it funny that the moment you say yes to God, you get a text from that person who you used to be around, who you don't want anything to do with anymore, and it's so suspect that the moment that you say yes to God is the moment you get the text? Isn't it funny? Like the moment you say yes to changing your life is when you get home and your dad blows up on you because you forgot to do your chores before you said yes to God, because there's this in-between. But what, but what God is saying is you've got to say You've got to first say no to this, and as you say yes to this, you say no to this, there's this in-between where what's going to happen is you're going to be tempted in the middle to go right back and link your carabiner back to where you used to be. So the moment it happens, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I remember literally weeks ago, I'm praying for a guy, and he's, he's, he's crying, and he's, he's doing the thing, and he's giving his life to God. He's like, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to, to give my life to God. And we pray, and it's amazing. And then as we're praying, he's like, bro, look at this text I just got from my ex. And she wants to get together. What should I do? It's like, what do you think you should do? To quote my favorite movie that none of you know, nuh-uh, no way, no how, see ya. Okay, I, I just dated myself. It's House Guest 1994. It's okay. It's a great movie. <clears throat> but what happens is when we say yes to God, the enemy comes in and says, well, hey, you could go back to what you know. See, because a lot of times we, we like to glamorize forgetting the past, your mistakes, and all this kind of stuff. But what happens is sometimes what happens is our past likes to chase us down and say, no, 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 stay linked to me. Stay linked, because you already know it. The difference between your past and your future is you know your past. You don't know your future. You can't define your future. You can't, defi- you can't decide, if I jump, am I going to make it? If I go all in, am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to grab onto this thing? And it's, it's scary. And so we say yes to God, and immediately temptation comes immediately an opportunity to go back comes. Immediately the text message comes. Immediately we say yes to purity and an ad shows up on your popular Instagram feed and you wonder why does the temptation keep coming? Can I tell you just a side note? If a temptation is coming, it's because the enemy wants to take you out because he knows that if you say no to him, that there's something on the other end of your saying yes to God and no to him. So he's trying to throw out anything that he can to you. Insecurity, fear, and all comparison and vanity. And so what we do is we give ourselves to these things. God redeems us. He says, I've got a better way, but these things cry out, no, 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 you know me. You know me. It's going to be different this time. The relationship, it's going to work out this time. You're not going to slip and fall this time. You're not going to, and what it is, is it's, it's come back to me. What did, the, what did the, the snake in the garden say? He said, no, 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 it really, really, hey, all, it's going to, all that's really going to happen is you're just going to be really smart, and God's, you know, you're going to know God better, you're going to understand him better, and it's really going to be great. What is it? It's twisting things and it's and it's distorting it so that you would say yes to what you were never meant to say yes to so if we want to move forward which by show of hands how many of you want to move forward if we want to move forward we have to starve our past you got to starve your past so one of the things that you do is when you fail You just get back up and say, you know what? 
I'm not going to cling to this. I'm not going to go back to it. Even though I failed this time, I know that a righteous man fails seven times, but he gets back up because he knows where he stands with God. So even though I slipped up, sorry, devil, I'm getting back up, and I'm still moving forward as God calls me. As Paul said, he said, I, I, I know I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't attained it all. I haven't reached the goal. I'm not there yet, but one thing I do, I forget the past. I actively starve the past. I don't give it any credit in my life. I'm saying no to the past. Yes, that is who I used to be, but it is not by the grace of God who I am anymore. Who I am now is right with God. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old things are gone and all things have been made new. So devil, you can try and shout things at me, but it's not going to get under my skin because I've attached my carabiner to a new way. I'm jumping forward. There is no turning back. See, this is what we've got to do. We've got to be willing to starve the past and now attach ourselves to a new future. And this is number two. You got to focus on your future. He says, One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead. Straining means to focus attention, to stretch yourself forward, to reach something. I remember on this ropes course, we're, we're at the end and, and I've attached my carabiner to the front, but it's still freaky. And if you've ever been to the old uh, Young Life Canyon side of, of camp, uh, the old ropes course that they used to have, you, you had to do that thing that I just described, but then there's this thing that you jump out towards, and apparently um, they, they took it down because too many kids freaked out, but not me, because I, I got dad strength. And, uh, but what, what they said is, hey, if you miss, because what you had to do is you got to jump out, and you got to reach your hands up, and it's about five feet out and a little bit down, and and yeah, I got a lot of muscle under here, which means muscle weighs more than fat. So I'm, I got a lot to, cl- like, with all the force on my hands, like, I got to grip hard. And he's like, but don't worry. If you miss, just let go. It'll catch you, and you can try again. And I, I remember that moment where he said, there's nothing that can go wrong, even if you miss. And here's the deal. In your life, you have up until this point, And the likelihood, I'm not prophesying negativity over you, but what I am here to say is that we all have sinned, and we will likely have moments and opportunities where failure comes, we mess up, or disappointment comes, and we mess up, and we fail, and we we, we do something that's wrong, or we have bad attitude, or we're tired and we say something we shouldn't have said, or we go back on our word, but here's the thing is when your attachment is not behind you but is in front of you, when you jump, even when you miss, when you fall short, you are caught by the grace of God. And I love it because he said, when you, when you jump out, if you miss, dude, just, just let go. We'll reel you back up and you can try again. So I remember I jump and, and I, I like hung on. I was like, oh man, the guys, I, I miss, I fall. And I'm like, I'm like my ego is totally shot. Because I'm the leader there, and I got a bunch of students who all did it before me, and they totally made it, except for one kid. He totally freaked out, and he didn't even get up there in the first place. But anyways, we still loved him, and it was fine. So, but, but I remember I, I jump out, and I was like, and I, I, I kind of made it up. I was like, man, there's sweat on this thing. It slipped, my hand slipped off. He's like, do you want to try it again? I was like, heck yeah, I do. And so I'm like trying to get my hands as, like, as firm as possible, and I jump, and I miss it again. 
reels me back up. I was like, okay, I'm going to get it this time. And finally, I jump out, and I catch, I barely make it. I mean, my, and my hands were, were, like, in pain for the rest of the day with how much, like, strength I had to channel into my fingers to hang on with all my body weight on there. But I made it. Because here's the thing, is with Jesus as your anchor, and when you know God, I'm going to call the van to forward as we get ready to close here. But when Jesus is your anchor, when you are connected to the source, you can slip, but you'll never fail. And here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you won't fail, make mistakes in life. But what I am saying is as many times as you miss the mark, God's grace catches you. He lifts you back up and he says, though a righteous man falls seven times, seven represents completion, meaning if you fail the most amount of times possible, it does not matter because you still get up because you're rooted in Christ, not in yourself. So no matter how many times you fail, you can get back up, you can jump forward again. My question is, is where are you attached? Because oftentimes we want in our hearts we want to go forward. God, I want what you have for me. God, I want to go, go forward. I want to jump forward. I want to reach your potential. I want, to, I want to step into my calling. I want to do what you've called me to do. I, I want to see great things happen in the world. I want to bring hope wherever I go. God knows we need some hope today. If you watch what happened on Easter morning across the world, there's a lot of darkness in the world. We don't even need to go across the world. We can walk across the street and see disparity and brokenness and pain and cancer and hurt and depression and anxiety and suicidal tendencies. God knows that the world needs the hope that we have. What happens? So we say, God, I want to go there. But I'm not sure that if I unlink from the chain of my past that I'm even going to be able to link to the future. And God is just saying here, do you trust me? Because if you put your trust in God, you will never be put to shame. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room? Maybe you've been in church for a long time. Maybe you've never been in church before. Maybe you've said yes to God. Maybe you've never said yes to God before. Maybe you've said it before, but you've never meant it. Maybe you're in the place where you've done the motions. Your parents go to church, they're involved, they serve on the teams. Maybe you serve in kids' church, but you've never made a decision yourself, consciously, from the depths of your sincere heart, to just say, yes, God, I will go after you. I will follow you with everything that I have. If that's you, you'd say, you know what? I'm ready to just say, I'm detaching my carabiner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna link it to my future. I'm ready to move forward on to where God is calling me. If that's you, would you just, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just slip your hands up all over this room? If that's you, you're saying, you know what, this is my first time, or maybe you're returning to God tonight. Lift it straight up, not in a sign of halfway, but in a sign of I am all in. I'm saying yes to Jesus from this day forward. I'm unlinking my past, and I'm linking to my future. This isn't about the person next to you. It's about you. Don't make it about the person next to you. Just keep your hands straight up. Just straight up, just so that we can see you. 
Now with your hand up, just in a sign of surrender, just keep your hand, if you lifted your hand, and I want you to say this after me, say, and it, why don't we all say this together? Say, Jesus, come on, with everything in you, say, Jesus, from this day forward, I'm saying goodbye to my past, and I'm moving forward into your future for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave so that today I can rise to a new life with you. In Jesus' name, I will follow you. Come on, everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand for that?